I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. I have to tell you what happened to me today while I was driving to work. Okay. So I've I've come to the realization that I can only listen to, like, my true crime podcasts. <laughs> Already love the way the story's starting out. <laughs> this is a good story. I think it's a good story. I told my students today, and I can't ever tell if anything hits home because everybody has masks on. And I'm like, what are you feeling at this point? And I, it, there's not, I can't see anything. But I think this is an interesting story. So I like... I was talking about this to friends and people that I work with. And I was like, I can't listen to true crime podcast. Oh, I thought Otis was getting into something. He's eating an ice cube. Sorry. (laughs) I can't listen to them unless it's daylight. Okay. Right. So because I was driving home the other night and I was like, I feel like this is a bad idea. I'm not going to do this because now I'm at the point where this is, this is where my mind goes. Oh my God, it's nighttime. And I was just listening to a true crime podcast when I got here. And now that I get home, there's definitely under somebody, there's definitely somebody under my car who's going to slice my Achilles heels open and then kill me and take my car. Those are constant thoughts that I have whenever I'm home alone. I was recently home alone at my parents' house and I haven't been home alone in that house for a very long time. I've been home alone in apartments And in apartments, there are a lot less places for murderers to hide than in a giant house. So I get those thoughts constantly. Um, One time in particular was I was home alone in my old apartment when I lived with two Craigslist roommates. And my dumbass decided to watch the Amanda Knox documentary by myself. And if you know anything about Amanda Knox... You know, she was uh, accused of murdering her roommate. So <laughs> I'm home alone <laughs> in my room. I have, I like get so freaked out. I like lock my door. If I have to pee, I'm like, I'm holding it till the morning. I can't, like, I just, I just can't. The, I can't do it at night either. And this is something that has been with me since I was younger. And my mom used to watch America's Most Wanted. Do you remember that TV show? Yes, yes. I would run, sprint up the stairs and be convinced that a murderer was following me up the stairs. Like, things in that show stick stuck with me for life. I remember one episode where this person was driving and she gets pulled over or she pulls over in the middle of nowhere and someone lights her on fire and she's walking down the street on fire. And it's like, these are true things. These are real things that have happened in the world. Why was I a kid watching that show? Why are you only walking down the street on fire? I don't know. That's what stayed with me from everything that you said. Why would you not be running down the like, street? Well, at least a light jog. I don't remember the particulars, but I just remember she like she pulled over to the side of the road. Like two people like knocked her down, and they had gasoline, and they legit lit her on fire. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Oh. So these are the thoughts that I have, <laughs> and I can't I can't listen to these things at night anymore. So I have like, I actually listen to our podcast at night because I'm like, we're funny. Let me listen to this. And also I listen to it to like, you know, hear all the technical difficulties so that I can take notes over time and research like free and fun ways to fix our problems. So the other reason that I do it. So I was listening to it this morning. I'm like, it's daylight. It's safe. I'm going to listen to murder. Right. Like that's, that's what I do now. And I'm driving to work and I'm getting onto the parkway and I look in my rear view mirror. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> What's today's date? Today is October 28th. Right. Well, it's so close to Halloween, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have coffee this morning, so that thought didn't come into my head. Okay. Instead, I just see in the car behind me 
a man with a Jason mask on oh, and a no. knife and a knife <laughs> in his hand in the passenger seat. And so I'm looking in my rearview mirror and my eyes are bugging out. I'm like, I must have coffee now. This cannot be real. And I like do one of those like, and I look back in the rearview mirror and I'm like, when can I listen to my murder? When is it safe? The answer is never. Never safe ever. It's like, how does this happen? And then I, and then I like, Drove a few exits on the park van. I was like, oh, it's like three days before Halloween. Duh. But I'm telling you that thought took a long time to process. <laughs> and I thought I was going to die. Almost pooped my pants. Well, I feel like this is a good transition because as we know, it this is technically our Halloween episode. And we took everyone's suggestions for their best, I guess, Halloween slash autumnal movie. And I was we did. really, really hoping that we would watch a super, super scary movie just to scare Christina because Christina scares very easily. <laughs> um, clearly. Cle- after my, yeah. But so I just want to tell everyone, and I'm going to send you the picture. Well, you have the picture. I would like when you post about this on Instagram or if I post about it either way, yeah. I want to show the picture of what won as okay. like proof of purchase, okay. you know? <laughs> But I was like, I need a randomizer. So we yeah. created us. We always create spreadsheets when we do these things. And mm-hmm. I typed all the names up in a randomizer. And I tried a couple of randomizers. And some randomizers just like mixed up the list. And I was like, this isn't what I wanted. Like they kept the first and the last one. And they switched everything in between. I'm like, no, I just want you to pick one. And, and then the website was like, oh, we're going to charge you for that. I'm like, you're going to charge me to pick one <laughs> when you picked 14 already? Oh, or however goodness. many we did? So I like searched the web like best free randomizers and then I found this one and it was like um wheel of fortune yeah and then you just spin the wheel they all go on this wheel and then you spin the wheel and then it picks one and then it shoots confetti out oh fun and I had a lot of fun with it (laughs) so today the what was the winner of this wheel of autumn I guess is the best way to put it, uh, yeah. movie was Goodwill Hunting, which I have to tell you, I told Nick about this and he's like, that's not a Halloween movie. And it's like, well, it's an autumnal movie. No, Halloween is not mentioned, but oh, does it give you those fall feels that I friggin' love? I am so down. I'm so happy that this was the movie that won. I did wish that it was a scary movie, but also just like, oh, so good. So good. I thought the universe was going to trump me and say, now you have to watch You Got Mail because we never finished it. If you watched us on Twitch on our 100th episode, I we were up very, very late and I made Christina watch You've Got Mail and Christina was falling asleep and I was a little hurt. But you know what? I understand. We have to stop starting movies at one o'clock in the morning. Okay. Well, one because day- we also did this with Blazing Saddles twice. I fell asleep also with those. If you knew how many times, not just you, with like people that we have started Blazing Saddles and never finished it, and it's an abomination because Blazing Saddles is a fantastic movie. Such We're a gonna movie. do it. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll do it on the podcast. We always start January with an oldie but goodie. We okay. will do Blazing Saddles in January. I, I promise you. I feel like we once had Blazing Saddles scheduled and then it got bumped. A lot of things got bummed. True. True. There's just too many things to watch and not enough us. Not enough time. I have come to the realization that I now watch, and I'm okay. I, I love that this is a thing. I watch a disgusting amount of television, and I'm okay with it. I actually like that that's a thing. Hello and welcome. I mean, I, I wish I was reading a disgusting amount of books, but I don't have time to do both. So I'm just going to stick with watching a disgusting amount of television. I'm okay with that. I feel partially to blame, but I'm also not, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I've converted you. Welcome to the dark side. Here we are. But listen, it makes sense that we have a podcast about television because you've been trying to get me to watch TV with you for years. TV has been my babysitter. Like, from a little kid, 
being like an only child like I have sat and watched television for hours and hours on end because like that's how I entertained myself until I got like okay I need to do something and then I would bake so like (laughs) (laughs) baking and binging baking and watching television um so yeah it's I'm just happy that you're along for the ride with me because yeah I feel like I would constantly be like Christine you need to watch this and you're and then like maybe a year would pass and you're like, oh, I finally watched that. I'm like, where have you been? A year if we're lucky. I didn't watch Game of Thrones until it was like over. So many years. <laughs> so many years of Game of Thrones. Uh, you know what it is? I would get, I'd be like, she's right, man. Because you would say, I can never watch, I can never watch thing with you because we never have enough time or you never have enough time to watch everything. So I can't, I can't wait for you. I'm leaving you behind. <laughs> And so I was like, man, she's right. I don't have enough time. And so when we started this podcast, we were like, we're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about books. We're going to talk about TV. And I was like, we should pick one. Yeah. And then you were like, television. Yep. And I was like, yes, that's the one. Because let me tell you something. If we were reading like a book a week, I think I would die. It wouldn't, wouldn't it happen. Wouldn't it happen. See, Television has never been a problem for me. It took me a very long time to start liking to read. Like I had to find the type of book that I like to read. If there is a book that I do not like to read, I will abandon it no problem. It was See, the, it was eighth grade. It was The Outsiders. That was the book that made me start to like to read. I did like that book. I did read that book too. It also helped that we then watched the movie and Rob Lowe coming out of the shower in The Outsiders was like too much for my little seventh grade heart to handle. (laughs) I can pinpoint exactly when I was like, oh, okay, hello, puberty. And it was Rob Lowe coming out of the shower. Those steamy shower scenes will get you. Thank you, Rob Lowe. But it's been, it's been so much, it's been so much better for me, like conversation wise, like I have things to talk about. It's like, I can now tell people what to watch. Yeah. They they have, they have every right to listen to me because I actually know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Do you watch this thing from like 2009? It's really good. And they're like, um, yeah, in 2009. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today we are doing a movie from 1997. Uh, just just saying that warms my heart. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you though, I never watched this movie before. Really? I never I never watched this movie, and I'll go into more of that later. Okay. And I'm going to do everything in my power. I already feel it to not cry. <laughs> Because as 90s babies, we have a very, very strong emotional attachment to Robin Williams. I forgot he was in this movie. Like, that's how, yeah. that's how much I was like, what, what, <laughs> what, the, like, um, oh, what is it? The Tim the Toolman Taylor, when it's like, <laughs> that's what I felt like when I finally saw him on, on the screen. Because you go by a decent chunk of the movie, are you, you're laughing at me? <laughs> Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Literally. That's all I can think of. Every 90s reference. Every 90s reference in this episode. I love it. I'm here for it. I've been like, I've been realizing that like my style right now is very much like I want to be 90s. I want to be Meg Ryan and Julia Roberts, like Sandra Bullock. Those are my 90s fashion icons. And like this movie just like did it for me. And I'm so happy. So happy. But that was the, that was the reaction that I had when I finally saw, because I said to myself, wait a minute, isn't, and then I finally saw him on camera and I was like, oh, right. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I didn't put that together, but anyway. Okay. So you can only access Goodwill Hunting currently while we're recording this episode on Thursday, October 28th, the same day I saw the Jason killer behind me in the car on Hulu via a stars stars with a Z because it's super stupid because stars is expensive and we're not going to buy it. So what we did 
was we paid three ninety nine to rent it on Amazon. Yes. Yeah. Um. I <clears throat> honestly, I don't see the point of doing a Stars add on. I feel like my parents have Stars with their cable subscription because they like the movie channels. But like as far as original content. I'm not thinking of anything that Stars has off the top of my head. Actually, does Stars do Outlander? I think Stars does Outlander. I thought I saw Outlander on Netflix. Uh, Outlander is on Netflix, but I think it's a Stars original. Don't quote me okay. on that. No, Stars is um, everything that we want to watch, but we can't. That's nominated. Like 1917 was on Stars at one yeah. point. All of, like the good stuff. And once we start making money from this podcast, it's going to go towards a star subscription. Yeah, I feel like stars is predominantly like the big, the big movies. Like they, they duke it out with HBO to, uh, to have them on there. But HBO's doing, HBO get, finds a way around that by like creating their own really great content and then getting that nominated. That's true. And HBO is also like, no, we'll just keep the little thing. Um, it, yes. Also, HBO's <laughs> like, um, we're HBO. We invented The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, and Sex and the City, and uh, all these other great shows. So Game of Thrones. I don't know if you've heard Game of, of us, but we're HBO. Yeah, we're HBO. Um, we are, this upcoming month, November, we're going to be doing Mayor of Easttown, which is also an HBO original, and I am very excited for Christina to watch that. It's going to be great. I've already watched it. I binged it. You're going to love it. That's all I have to say. Hey, are you participating in No Shave November? Go. Am I participating in it? Do you want to ask me that question again? I think that you know the answer to that, which is, hell no, I grow way too much body hair <laughs> to ever do that. I also do, but I was like, I'm willing to not shave my legs if I raise money for a good cause. But I don't think anyone cares enough about me or my legs. That's See, that's the 22. <laughs> no. No. I will 1,000% be shaving. All right. Me, Obviously, me too. I don't know where. <laughs> obviously. So do you have a summary for us? I Do you want to go over the awards and nominations? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So um, back in – so this was at the 1998 Oscars – uh, this was the winner for Best Original Screenplay. Matt, Matt, Matt Affleck. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wrote this original screenplay. This was like their big breakthrough moment. Um, and then Robin Williams won Best Supporting Actor. Matt Damon was nominated for Best Actor. Gus Van Zandt was nominated for Best Directing. Um, uh, this was nominated for Best Picture, but I actually looked up who won that year in 1998 for Best Picture. Do you want to take a guess? 97? No, 98. 98? I don't know. The winner for Best Picture in 1998 was Titanic. Oh, duh. Yeah, it makes sense. Sorry, Good Bill I don't Bill know Hunt. why I thought that was earlier. I don't know why I thought that was like 96. No, nah, 98. I mean, Good Will Hunting was a great movie. Titanic. Oh, I mean, that was that was a time and a place. That was two VHS tapes. That was two VHS tapes. I remember they sold them at the Nutley ShopRite. I remember going to see that at the Franklin Theater and crying my eyes out. And then flash forward to a college Danielle thinking, hey, I can sit and watch... Uh, titanic on cable television for hours and it's not going to make me cry and then all of my roommates coming home watching me sobbing sobbing on the couch <laughs> it was a, me a mess still to this day titanic makes me cry also mini driver was nominated for best supporting actress um yeah that i don't know how that happened but also um i'm pretty sure that this was robin williams first academy award um, it could be. I know he did Dead Poet Society before this. Did he win yes. for Dead Poet Society? No, I don't think so. I okay. think he was nominated a few times before, but I okay. think this was his first. Oh, I just pulled it up on, you know, Wikipedia, the, the, the source that everybody wants to use in sight, right? Of course. Um, throughout his, throughout the course of his career, Williams won numerous awards, including an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in his role in Goodwill Hunting. Mm -hmm. He also won six Golden Globe Awards, including Best 
actor in his roles for Good Morning Vietnam, The Fisher King, and Mrs. Doubtfire, along with a special Golden Globe Award for vocal work and emotion picture for his role, Jeannie, and the Cecil B. DeMille Award in 2005. He also received two Primetime Emmy Awards, two Screen Actors Guild Awards, and five Grammy Awards. Good for him. Grammy Awards? So, at the Golden Globes in 1998, um, this won Best Screenplay for a Motion Picture, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon was nominated for Best Actor. This was nominated for Best Picture Drama. And uh, Robin Williams was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. It's very interesting that he was nominated at the Globes, but won at the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, it usually doesn't happen that way, but maybe... The 1990s were a different time. Different time. Okay. The story of Will hunting a janitor and a genius. Will's trying to figure his shit out. But knocking the shit out of people, throwing back beers, getting put into prison, and losing his job certainly aren't helping. A math professor in the school where he's a janitor sees his potential and works out a deal. As long as he works on math and sees a therapist, he can stay out of prison. So our main character, like Christina said, is Will Hunting, played by Matt Damon. He's an orphan living on the south side of, <coughs> every time, I want to say the south side of Chicago. It just, it's like, it just falls out of my mouth, but I know it's south side of Boston. Um, very, very different accents. <laughs> very different accents. Um, who has a, a naturally high IQ. Uh, he catches the attention of MIT professor Gerald Lambeau. Lambeau. Lambo, yes, played by Stellan Skarsgård, and he begins working with him on important mathematical equations uh, to technically keep him out of jail. Another condition of him staying out of jail is that he has to see a therapist enter Jerry's old MIT roommate, Sean, played by Robin Williams. He, too, is from the south side of Boston, not Chicago, and is able to relate uh, and to relate to Will and not get pushed around by him. Uh, Will develops feelings for a Harvard pre-med student, Skylar, played by Minnie Driver. Um, his best friends are Chucky, played by Ben Affleck, Morgan, played by Casey Affleck, and Billy, played by John Mighton, which I did not, I completely forgot he was in this. John Mighton was in um, uh, Dazed and Confused, which is my hangover movie. Love that movie. Don't see him in much. But he's in two very I have a, two I have very a question, though. Yes, go ahead. Casey, Casey Affleck is Ben Affleck's brother in real life, yes. right? I'm surprised. Question, they, what? I'm surprised they didn't just make them brothers in this movie. I also don't know why that wasn't a thing. Because they were just, like, minor roles. So I don't yeah. understand why. Um, the other thing, this is Alexander Skarsgård's father, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Stellan Skarsgård is father to Alexander Skarsgård and then also I want to say his name is Bill Skarsgård the guy who plays it that's right but we know Alexander Skarsgård from Big Little Lies Big Little Lies I know him from True Blood as well Ugh, he's so hot in True Blood um and then Stellan Skarsgård I feel like he's been in a bunch yes he's been like everywhere yeah so Let's get into our climax. As Sean predicted, Will manages to burn his bridges left and right because he does not want people too close to him. It comes from his fear of abandonment. Uh, he breaks up with Skylar because she begins to love him and wants him to come to Stanford with her. He pushes away Lambeau. Oh my God, Lambeau. Why can I not say Lambeau? Uh, by making a mockery of all the job opportunities that uh, Lambeau sets up for him. He pushes Sean away by lacking direction and not taking his life seriously. Sean and Jerry have this big disagreement about what is important in life and career. And is it, you know, what's important in life? Is it career and accolades or is it the people you let into it? Um, so it looks like Will is turning his back on everything. Skylar left. He isn't talking to Sean or Jerry. Uh, we see him working construction with Chucky. And on a break, they have a conversation Chucky asks him how the job prospects are going, and Will sort of brushes them off and says he's not taking any of them. Chucky gets pissed and says to him, it's like he's sitting on a winning lottery ticket, 
and he refuses to cash it in. He also admits that the best part of his day is when he comes to pick Will up every morning. From the walk to his car to Will's door, he hopes that one day Will won't be there, that he's gotten out of the south side of Boston and he's done better for himself. And that's, that's the, big, the big point of this movie. And then let's get into our ending. We think Will is driving to his new job that has been set up, but he's actually driving to Sean's and he's dropping something off. At the same time, his buddy Chucky is stopping by to pick him up. And the foreshadowing comes into full effect because as he's waiting for Will to come out, he's just not there. Cut to Sean reading the letter that says, um, Will isn't actually at his job. He had to go see about a girl. Another foreshadowing moment from when Sean told him the biggest story of his life about how he met his wife, who has passed. Cut to Chucky, still knocking on the door and waiting for Will to come out. No one comes, and then Chucky really does come to this realization. But we as fans already have a clue that this is happening. Cut to Will driving off on a long, a very long and windy road. Oh, it, it, the ending gives you all of the warm fuzzies, and I love it so much. Like, I wouldn't consider this a romantic, com- like, this is not a romance movie, but, oh, does it give you all the wa- warm fuzzies? Like, I had to go see about a girl, and then Robin Williams being like, he stole my line. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. I felt like I was waiting for more at the end. Really? Like when the when the credits started to roll, I was like, "Really? Yeah, no. You I don't know. I felt like I wanted him to call her. Like he's just going out there. Yeah, but you know that it's gonna it's gonna be a great moment. You know, you know that you know that she hasn't stopped loving him. He was the one who was pushing her away, and he's gonna go out there and it's gonna be great. Well, then she's got a lot of patience. <laughs> I will say that. What was the rating on IMDb? An 8.3 out of 10. And on Metacritic, the meta score was a 70. Okay. And the user score was an 8.7. Okay. So the critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 98%. The audience gave it a 94%. So high accolades. Do you want to read your review? I don't know if you're going to like it. Oh, no. Is it a bad review? It's a 5 out of 10. All right, give it to me. Robin Williams is great. The rest of the film is average. Mm, I don't like it. I don't want to hear anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's it. We're done. Thanks for stopping by. All right, tell me. All right, let's hear this. I got to listen to you tell me reviews about how I'm going to get pissed off like every other episode. And you're like, "Mm, I don't like it. Mm, Pass. (laughs) You got a lot of nerve. (laughs) All right, all right. Get me, get me angry. Rile me up. Let's go. <laughs> Ruffle my feathers. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting is a film of two halves for me. There's a load of fairly uninteresting buddy scenes between Damon and Affleck, and any scene involving Minnie Driver's character is a write-off. But in the middle of all that is an amazing performance from the late great Robin Williams. His scenes with Matt Damon are so good. In fact, you could go on YouTube and watch only those bits. I'd suggest it. Williams remains the warm and funny legend we've seen in his comedies, but he's also slightly more guarded and restrained. The poetry of the dialogue and his delivery all match up to make some lovely moments. It's just a shame that they appear in an uneven film that is F-bomb heavy and at times slow. It's the biggest. I just rolled my eyes so much. Come on. We're really going to talk about the F-bombs in this movie. They are from the south side of Boston. You know what? Okay. May I read my review? Because it's the complete opposite of your review. So this is four and a half out of five stars. Goodwill Hunting is to me a film of authentic experience. The soul of this movie is undoubtedly Rod- Rob- Robin Williams. Robin Williams and his powerful ability to port- portray genuine compassion woven with pain and hurt. Matt Damon is also no slouch in that department. That sentiment and barriers we all face assessing the virtue is the core of this movie. 
The narrative is pretty standard, someone greater than their class and start held back by the legacy of their life trying to find a way out. All the usual stages of psychological development play out, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and eventual acceptance of life's trauma. The formula isn't the, storybook's big, the story's big hook. It is how the characters manage to feel so real. Everyone in this movie shows moments of honesty, failure, and humanity. They all do it in a way that remain true to their characters, the characters they're cast as. This is not all of the moments, this is not all moments of feel-good triumph or acceptance, but people growing, struggling, and advancing with the materials put in front of them. I cannot think of a more satisfying way to tell this type of story. Goodwill Hunting is an excellent movie that falls short of the upper crust because it was maybe not daring enough. When you rewatch the movie, at least for me, I am struck how I stopped focusing on the narrative at all and really focused on the scenes, the bottled moments, and the witty dialogue. That is the, mag that is the magic in this movie for that. It is a real masterwork. So, moving into highs and lows, I will say this right now, I have zero lows in this movie. All right, so let me just say one thing okay go ahead <clears throat> there was a piece of your review and i can't remember what part of it it was it was something about the storyline not being the best part but the characters or something yeah. can you read that part again because um, I'm, I'm gonna get my low out of the way because it's technically surrounded by a bunch of highs this the formula isn't the story's big hook it's how the characters manage to feel so real everyone All right. okay go ahead <clears throat> That's what I needed. Okay. So if I had to pick a low, I like thought about it. I let this marinate. I need to just like say that this movie really captivated me from beginning to end. I was absolutely invested. I was like crying and laughing and then laughing while crying and then crying while laughing like throughout. Mm -hmm. There was no real specific plot or storyline. But I don't necessarily know if it's considered a full-blown low because everything else around it rose to the occasion. Because you have characters with arcs and relationships and layers and different angles, I don't necessarily know if you needed a very specific storyline. But if you're looking for a traditional storyline with a climax and an ending... I don't necessarily know if it's there. I mean, the climax is there when he breaks down and he cries in the in the therapist's office. But, like, mm -hmm. the climax could have been anything. He could have killed yeah. himself. He could have – and I guess, it, you know, it keeps you – get. you know, he could have <clears throat> just quit his job. He could have just drove away in rage and got into an accident and, like, had a turn of events. I don't – I feel like the climax was there – but the storyline was just life. Yeah, I mean... I and it made me think of, like, a marriage story that we did, like, a year ago where... Yeah. And that was one of the biggest complaints about that movie. It was just life. But everything else about this rose to the occasion. So I don't necessarily know if I can call it a full-blown low. But I try really hard to find highs and lows, and this was the only thing that I could come up with. Yeah, I wasn't trying to find a low. I mean, I think that for me personally, I think uh, I agree with you that this movie is incredibly, incredibly captivating. And for a movie to captivate you while not having like a big dramatic climax means that these characters are written so perfectly and they're developed and the emotional attachments between them all are so perfectly that you just feel like you are transported into these people's lives and you're invested in them emotionally. And that's what I love about that. I love when movies do that. And to have some big moment, you kind of get pushed outside of it where this just feels so real. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But I also feel like I don't know if I can drive that home as like something that I didn't like. Because I really did like everything about the movie. Yeah. It, it's just that, that that was just something that I – it was more of just something that I noticed. But I have to be honest – since I never watched this movie, I had no idea what the hell it was about. Yeah. Absolutely no idea. Um, when I was writing this, I couldn't get through it. I'm hoping I can get through it now on the podcast. Okay. But 
I really stopped watching all Robin Williams films, documentaries, um, interviews after he passed. I just remembered, and Dead Poet Society is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. That movie really just changed my life. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, <clears throat> there's two men in Hollywood that I've always dreamed of working with, and one of them is Robin Williams, not that I would ever get the chance to, but, <clears throat> you know, I've been doing improv for, like, now, what, nine, eight, nine years? Mm-hmm. And, you know... Tina Fey opened the doors for me when I read Bossy Pants, but Robin Williams kept me hooked because I've never seen anybody just do what he did. And the fact that like Jeannie was completely improvised. Oh my God. That whole song was improvised. They made the animation to him. So to me, he's just been this genius that I've just always looked up to. And like no one, no one on whose line could even hold a candle to him and his talent. I've always felt that way. And so I just said to myself, well, the movies that you've seen will just be fond memories. And the movies that you haven't seen are just movies that you'll never watch. Yeah. And I've, I've just, I remember that. Do you remember the day that he passed away? I don't know. I, this was like one of those moments where I just remembered where I was. Mm-hmm. I remembered everything about it. And I know that people like have felt this way with other other people that they've admired like you finally get that news and you're like oh my god this is so real Mm -hmm. but I remember when I found out I was pulling into the gym in Clifton and Mm -hmm. I remember I was like there's Dunkin Donuts here there's a gym here what am I gonna do first and so while I was making that decision I was on my phone Mm -hmm. and I was either I either heard it on the radio or I actually saw it on Twitter and I thought to myself are you kidding me are they pulling this shit again because this was a time when there were a lot of hoaxes, they said Betty White died 10,000 times. They said Robin Williams died so many times. Mm-hmm. All these people, Betty White, rest her soul. I mean, uh, keep her don't, safe. Keep her, keep her soul alive. Don't you say that about Betty White. Oh, my God. She's so close. She's so close to being 100. Yes. You keep her safe. Put her in bubble wrap. Holds <laughs> in so she can breathe. Um, so I was sitting in my car and I saw it and I was like, this can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. And then I I looked it up and it was real and I just I broke out I broke down in my car yeah I just cried in my car I never got out I never went to the gym or got coffee <laughs> and I just waited until I could collect myself and I just drove home yeah like I couldn't I I really couldn't I couldn't believe it I mean like I guess we all saw like he always said that he struggled with depression and. I'm not going to go into that, but, um, it had been something that he struggled with for just so many years. And I just, I just felt like he made so many people laugh over the years. And I, it just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess that sounds like so mediocre compared to like everything that he was struggling with, but, um, I I mean, he, he was truly, an amazing, amazing actor. I mean, he was able to be the funniest funny, but then also just the serious, serious. Um, I mean, we we grew up with Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and for him to do a serious, it's nice to see him in a serious role like Robin Williams. I remember watching a movie once called House of D, and he was in it, and I remember crying for a solid 30 minutes while watching this movie it was so so incredibly good and he was fantastic in it and he's he's just he I, my high was rob williams in this movie because he was so great in this movie you don't it's he gets introduced later in this movie and yeah. i i sort of forgot that he was in this too until i saw him and i'm like oh yes rob williams in a serious role let's go i'm ready for but it I think they had to do that because Robin Williams has such a presence Mm -hmm. that if they put him in the beginning of the movie, it might have overshadowed the other characters. Like, I really think they needed to develop Ben Affleck's character, Skarsgård and um, Damon's character first. Yeah. And show who they are and show their struggles because there's just and it's not that Robin Williams does it on purpose, but there's just I don't think that he does anyway. No. a person in improv is never going to do this on purpose because one of the things that you're told is to make your your scene partners look like a million bucks. So improv stars, if they're doing it right, they don't go out of their way 
to make to make somebody else look like shit and make themselves look amazing. Your mm-hmm. goal is to make everybody around you look amazing. But he's so good that there's almost like this aura that's just like, I'm fucking Robin Williams yeah. and <laughs> there's nothing else you could do. Yeah. He's just, it, it, I, I, I wish I could explain it like in better terms, but I can't. And I just feel like that's kind of why they had to, I feel like they had to introduce him. Like if it was anybody else playing the role, they could have introduced him in the beginning yeah. and like shown his backstory. But he's such a powerful actor that I don't think it would have had the same punch yeah. if he showed up at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do want to say my other high is just, I mentioned this in the beginning, like, Movies from this time period, which I'm talking about like late 80s, 90s, it's the sepia tones, it's the graininess of the movies, like Dead Poet Society is a similar feel, When Harry Met Sally, You've Got Mail, even Titanic. It's just like, it could just be the nostalgic side of me, but I just friggin, I hate HD, I hate this super like oversaturated color ways that movies are filmed in. I love, love like, I wish all movies could be filmed on, like, 1990s cameras and just that be it because it's so incredible. I love it. And the fall tones in Boston and just the – I love it. I love it so much. I want all of Mini Driver's outfits, too. I just love it. Mini Driver didn't – let me see how I can phrase this. Mini Driver didn't do it for you? No, and I'll tell you why. Every little scene that she did was great, but when she was actually dramatic and needed to be, yeah, it felt the same as other people doing it. Okay. It didn't feel like like a like a standout performance. Like it yeah. wasn't anything yeah. particularly special. But I, like her little like kibitzing and her sarcasm, like that really did it for me. I thought that part of her was great. But when it came to the the parts that needed to be dramatized, it didn't. It wasn't a hundred percent for me I I can get behind that yeah like the scene where they're in the um like the trinket store and she has all the the like glasses on and she's doing that bit or they're like eating eating the burger and she's like all right let's just get our first kiss out of the way so we can like be done with this and then they kiss each other with like burger in their mouth and it's cute yeah I could that that part is very funny or when she's finally meeting her, uh, the guys, and she's telling the joke, and she's, like, spitting the, the Guinness out of her mouth. Like, she, she's really, that's where she shines. Yes, I agree. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, but, yeah, Robin Williams, like, for me, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, Rob, awesome. Robin Williams was the, the star of this. So, yeah. What did you eat while watching this? I finally had my popcorn. Did you? You finally got popcorn? I had popcorn and it was made with coconut oil and Himalaya salt and it was very good. Um, so I am getting back to eating some solid foods. So I had some chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream because I can have it now. <laughs> good for you. It's kind it's still soft, but it's still but you got the chunks. You got the chunks chunks and you got chocolate back, which is lovely. You got chocolate back. Thank God. It's been a long, long two weeks. <laughs> Actually, three weeks. Sorry. I was going to say, it feels longer than that. Yeah, I've been, I'm, I'm post-op three weeks. You're out of the game. I'm back. I'm using my molars again. It's great to be alive. <laughs> Not for long. I'll chew on the other side of my mouth. It'll be fine. Oh, God. So I did that one Thanksgiving. I had to get a tooth removed. And my dentist was like, you'll be fine. Just eat your turkey on the other side. He's all heart. Oh my gosh. So um, I have seen this before doing this. I watched this in college and back in college, Rutgers had this thing where it was like, it's called DC++ if you were on a PC. It was called Shakespeare if you were on a Mac. And basically you could share content onto this like, you had to be on Rutgers, are you wireless? And uh, you can sh- you had to share X amount of content and then other people shared content and then you can download it. So basically I downloaded like all I downloaded all these movies like I had the entire series of Seinfeld. I had oh my God, what other movies did I have? I had everything on my computer. It's funny when you said that, though, because you said, are you wireless? And it 
it took me a minute, right? <laughs> yes. Because that's very much like an Abbott and Costello, but it's like, are you wireless? Well, yeah, I have my phone here. No, no, no. No. Or, are you wireless? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have my phone here. You see? And it's like, no, are you wireless? I don't know. Are you? Like, I just, I don't know. Third base. Like, I see where that's going. Yeah. yeah. Rutgers University Rutgers wireless. Rutgers University wireless internet. Exactly. Are you wireless? Yeah. Um, but I remember downloading this. And when I first watched this, I thought it was going to be more of a biopic bio where it was like this kid who's very smart and then he goes through these like trial and tribulations. I did not realize that it was going to be so, more of like a psychological analysis of a person who has such a high IQ but comes from such a hard background that he can't, he gets in his own way to succeed and then also how it affects all the people around him. And I am so happy that it went that route as opposed to the other route because I think that this was so much more interesting as we talked about. And also just the nuggets of wisdom in this movie are absolutely fantastic. I thoroughly enjoy this movie from start to finish. So, ha so again, so happy that we did this. I was really invested as well. Mm -hmm. But I went into this expecting to be very down because I asked Dave if he wanted to watch it with me. First of all, Dave's not a movie guy. Okay. He's like, do you remember when Amy Poehler and Tina Fey did that whole bit about um, uh, streaming like TV shows and their opening? They were like, I don't want to watch a movie. I want to watch four hour long <laughs> episodes of television. That's Dave. That is so Dave. Yeah. Because I'm like, let's watch this movie. He's like, how long is it? I'm like, mm, it's like two hours. He's like, oh, I'm like, we watch four episodes of the sopranos in a night how yeah. can you not sit through a two-hour movie you can sit through two two-hour movies <laughs> and so i'm having this screaming match with myself because he's never invested in this kind of conversation mm -hmm. but he was like no i don't want to watch that movie i'm like you hate movies he's like no it's like depressing or something and i was like really I was like, I don't think I know what this is about. I'm like, oh, somebody's going to die. Like, I just assumed, right? But it, I don't think it was depressing. I mean, like, I know I said that I cried, but it was like... It's more... I it's, wanted to cry because they were like happy, like happy, like breakthrough kind of tears. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, this is so sad. And I really, like, found myself laughing mm -hmm. throughout this entire movie. Like, I, it's definitely not a comedy, but the comic relief back in the 90s was so good yeah i think dave was confusing this with dead poet society because dead poet society is a lot sadder than this movie but it's only sad at the end i know but still yeah i think he was too he's like what was the other movie with the poems and i was like dave i can't with this uh, please what are you doing to me it's like my favorite movie <laughs> did you have um, an irl moment so i i guess it's not an IRL moment, but like if it was like me in an alternate universe, maybe. Okay. So like an, an in real alternate universe life. Yeah. If you will. I don't, cause I don't, I don't like go out of my way to get into fights. Right. Yeah. But I just feel like if I did, I would definitely be the person who played Casey Affleck when he said, <laughs> we just saw these guys like two hours ago. If we're going to fight them, we should have done it then. We got snacks now. <laughs> That's that's me. That's you. For Ken. sure, if I fought people, that's me. We got snacks now. What are we doing? <laughs> Can relate. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I have to say that this movie really provoked me to get Dunkin' Donuts. They... <laughs> I like that we're still using the same cups. The same cups all these years later. <laughs> I wish we could go back to those cups. I mean, they have like a different lid on them, but like, just... Them just coming out with the Dunkin' Donuts is the most Boston thing. And if you if you haven't seen pictures of Ben Affleck carrying multiple things of Dunkin' Donuts, go Google it because it's the funniest thing in the world to see Ben Affleck, like to this day, like modern day Ben Affleck. There are just pictures of him just like juggling five things of Dunkin' Donuts. And it's like, the man has not changed. The, the man... America runs on Duncan. No, Ben Affleck runs on Duncan. But this morning I had to wake up and I'm like, I really want Dunkin' Donuts. So I went and I got Dunkin' Donuts. Ben Affleck runs on Duncan and America runs on Ben Affleck. Exactly. I think we could leave on that. Now. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my goodness. All right. Did we do it all? We did it. We did it all. So we'll hit you up with the, we'll hit you up. Yes. With the November watch list soon. Mm -hmm. I can tell you um, Squid Game is going to be on it. So a lot of people were like, do this thing. Not like, you know, on Instagram or anything, but like I run into people and they're like, watch the show. So (laughs) I'm not going to watch something and not talk about it on my platform. Um, Hello. Obviously. I was going to say absolutely and obviously. So it came out absolutely. That's that's now what it's called. Absolutely. (laughs) Gruel. 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 Thank you. I didn't know if that was going to land. No, I know. Um, And then we have some holiday stuff coming out in December that we're still working on. We're working out the kinks. We're ironing them out. We're ironing them out. I yearn in them. We, Why is that so difficult to say? We have a month. Let's not celebrate Christmas soon, too soon because people already have their Christmas trees out and I'm pissed about it. I'm not. I'm not on board with that. We know we at this podcast decorate on Black Friday. Yep. And no sooner. Nope. And we don't stop until February. Exactly. You keep it up. <laughs> yes. So more on that later, but we're so excited for the November watch list to come out. We're so excited to be recording again. It's going to be back after the break, Mm -hmm. but let us know what you want because December, we won't just be doing holiday stuff. So if you have suggestions, reach out to us by email at uh, twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com, two is spelled T-W-O, on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classic Stina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. Check out the YouTube channel, Two Girls Drink Beer. We have some fun German beers. We have so much beer. We have so much beer to drink. <laughs> and it's only going out to you. So yeah. basically, we just store beer in our fridge for you all to watch us drink it. Exactly. It's a good time. <laughs> and uh, check. There's nothing new on the blog, Beer, Coffee, Donuts. But if you want to look at some old OG posts, go be my guest. All right, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Happy Halloween, and uh, everyone have fun this weekend. Be safe and be spooky. Exactly. Bye. Bye. What's up?